Guru Nation, welcome to episode 759 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trails Guru. In this episode, I interview Stephanie Odisio from Forward Clinical Research in Florida. She has been one of our first DSCS clients. And for those that don't know, we actually have a service where we help sites get studies, negotiate better budgets, and just be a shoulder to cry on for a very affordable monthly subscription reach out to me if you're interested, but she was one of our first ones, one of our original ones. And it's nice to look back about five to six years later and see how she's doing. And she's built an amazing site with a uh, forward clinical research in one of the most competitive markets, the most competitive market in the world, having a site in Florida, check it out at links to Stephanie's LinkedIn is underneath. I hope you enjoy the video or the episode. This was also a video on YouTube check out my YouTube channel if you're not subscribed as well. Uh, really quick, thank you to the sponsors, Inato. Inato is a place you can get studies if you're an experienced site. And if you have experience in therapeutic areas, you can go there for free and get more studies to supplement for your PIs. I do it on a weekly basis. I'm training my staff on how to do it now. It's relatively seamless. It's definitely worth the investment because a new study or two every year can really make a significant impact on your bottom line for your site. So check out Inato in the show notes. Also, check out my other sponsor, Creo, eSource, eReg, CTMS. I'm just going to be opening up the patient recruitment auto texting feature that will auto text patients when you're scheduling their appointments. Uh, Creo will grow with you as a site, and I think it's relatively affordable considering all the bundles that they have, and you only really need one provider for that. So thank you to my sponsors. Enjoy the show with Stephanie. I mean, it should be. It should be. Guys, we're live right now with Stephanie Odisio. She's from Florida. The The research capital of the universe <laughs> is in Florida. Thank you so much for coming on. This is like I'm so honored. This is such a rare. This doesn't happen. It's not rare. It's never occurs. So thank yeah. you. It means a lot to me. It's only been five years in the making. I think, maybe more. Maybe more. No, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate your time, and um, I do feel like it's been a few years, but this is perfect time to kind of. It's perfect. Reconnect. Just like, just like your site, Forward Clinical Research. We're going forward in time. <laughs> And you've you've actually grown. I'm pretty proud of you. Like you were one of our initial clients of DSCS, and I remember mm -hmm. doing like some one-on-one -on -one coaching calls with you way back in the day. Like I remember you, um, because you had interesting stories and interesting issues you had to navigate. Yeah, um, we can discuss some of those, but you're doing really good. So thank you. And by the way, Stephanie's going to be at SOS. And Stephanie's LinkedIn is underneath when you're watching this later on uh, YouTube or listening on the podcast. Just click connect with her. She's an amazing person to get to know. Uh, so thank you so much, Stephanie, for coming on. No, thank you so much. Yeah, so when I first started, I remember I called you. And this was maybe five years ago. Yeah. And I think I was just, you know, being in the industry at that point, like nine years in, I was kind of out for two years because I had kids. So I was like, just, you know, focused on the family. Um, so I was trying to get back into research. And when I called you, I was like, well, I know 
that this is what I wanted to do. And I knew you were the right person to kind of like reconnect with and like kind of refresh me on research again. And you definitely gave me like the confidence to basically just be independent, you know, and just be on my own and focus on like, you know, what I wanted to do with research. Um, So definitely because of you, I had like a lot of confidence in coming back into the field. So Uh, thank you. I'm glad I'm glad to be able to play even a, like a small role I, I yeah i remember those conversations now that you bring that up and now you're look at you look at you now stephanie running uh all these pis you have like so many studies going on you're managing staff you've you're dealing with multiple investigators uh sponsors crazy sponsor requests normal sponsor requests like what how's how's business been this year for you So as you know, like I think in research, it's like, you know, there's trends overall um, with the trials and just overall in business. But I think what we have noticed is like it's really picked off more now and we've gotten very busy the last few months. Um, But, you know, there's some trials where it's we're finalizing. We've closed out like three studies or yeah, three studies this year. And we've actually just start we're starting six new trials. Wow. Um, so we started in cardiology and cardiology was um, pretty slow in 2020, you know, because the COVID trials. So cardiology has been pretty slow. And then it's not till this year and next year now it's really picking up. So we're starting to kind of see more of that. And uh, that's really our busiest practice, our cardiology research. Cardiology. Is that the one you started with? Yeah. So I started with uh, seven cardiologists. It was a big group. So right at once. So you signed like. You signed like one deal with all, with all of them or how did that work? Um, so it was, I did a lot of door knocking. I called all of my local cardiologists and doctors in the area. And then I reached out to this private group. Um, and, you know, it was just one cardiologist. He owns a practice and it's six of them that are all, you know, on there. Three of them are interventional and kind of pitched them the idea of research and in incorporating it into their practice it's a very busy practice and they were like all in so yeah right away i they they all signed with me and um <clears throat> we got we got started on our first trial with a small pharmaceutical company which they just submitted to the fda and um we you know we've been kind of going forward since then those small ones are cool to work with but they i feel like um they have the hardest time paying. Like, really? Well, I guess it's hit or miss, but yeah, like lately at least, this I've worked with really big pharma on one hand, like the biggest you can think of. I'll give one of them a shout out because they're the best sponsor I've ever worked with, Eli Lilly. Mm-hmm. And then on the like, you can't get bigger than Eli Lilly. They're number one biggest by market cap. And then on the other end, like these small obscure biotechs you've never heard of that are some of them are not even publicly traded uh and i've noticed like eli Lilly pays on time like they pay like almost in real time i've never experienced this before like you do a visit two weeks later you're like paid for it it's amazing and then on the other end you get these small biotechs and it looks like they're kind of struggling to Mm -hmm. like to finance everything so they, they're nice and all that, but they it takes a while for them to pay you. Like they're waiting on their next financing and yeah. you're dealing with all those issues. But I think both is 
good to deal. I mean, we as site owners, we have to learn how to work with all of them. Yeah, I you know, we've had actually good experience with um, working with small pharmaceuticals just because I think for me, it's like you you get to know the team, like the operations, the CEO, like, you know, everyone, the director. So there's a, a better communication there. Um, as far as payments, I think they've been pretty consistent and on time. Um, maybe because we've been like top enrolled or, you know, very active with enrollment. But I think what they do lack is like the management of the trial. Like they don't, some of them don't even work with CROs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think maybe that's why they lack pain on time with some sites. Maybe they just don't have the right pieces and they're Possibly. Just not organized. But I, I don't know. We've had good success working with them and sometimes I prefer because you're just working directly with them just you can communicate everything very yes. closely but well that's how it started basically with small pharmaceuticals yep that's cool so you've been like through this so really like you're an your uh, forward clinical research is still a startup but you guys are doing multiple studies now six studies how many coordinators do you have there including yourself uh, three coordinators. We have two people in charge of like business and marketing and, uh, yeah. So three coordinator and then two separate people like biz dev marketing. Mm -hmm. And what are they doing to get studies for you? Those biz dev people. So, uh, our main business development, um, person, she's in charge of basically reaching out to sponsors, scheduling meetings. And then she also, so she does the business side for the sponsors bringing in trials. And then she also does the business development with me with um, looking for other physicians in the area that want to participate in research. So we do a lot of door knocking, we do lunches, we do like health. And then the other girl who does the marketing stuff, she does like she health events, health fairs, you know, whatever we can do to market in the area. Um, so that's kind of a combination. We all work together um, in business development. Yeah. Are patient referrals like an issue for you guys? So we, um, we, we don't, we haven't had any patient referrals at all um, because most of our patients come from the practice. So now I want to say 90% of our patients come from our physicians, our investigators, you know, they each see between 20 to 30 patients a day and that's seven of them. So um, between all of them, that's like, 400 patients a week, 4,000 patients a month, you know, and then we have a stress lab where we do ultrasound and stresses. So between that, it's like 30 patients a day there on the schedule. So we're referring, I mean, we're like recruiting patients from the practice and they're referring into the trials. And what does that process work? So it sounds similar to mine. I don't do cardiology, but internal medicine. So sounds like similar volume. We're dependent on constantly reminding the providers like hey remember about this study just yesterday because i did this one of the nurse practitioners sent me two people that we got a call but otherwise we're just on the emrs looking and i'm going to try to link this ai thing to it so it can make it easier but what's that process been for you so i feel like our process is really effective what we did with it's a lot of trial and error and it's whatever works with your physicians i think that's important because some physicians have a different approach how you want with their patients so what works for us is mainly have we print out the schedule for the week for the whole practice and our coordinator will go through the schedule go through the emr system see which patient is diagnosed for let's say heart failure 
and she'll highlight the patient or she'll print the progress note. Then what she'll do is she'll, when she identifies a patient that qualifies for the study, she'll write on the note, you know, this is a good candidate for whatever trial we're doing. And then every day we have these like communication folders with our investigators where we give it to them at like maybe at lunchtime or just throughout the day, we put it on their desk and they every know- day. Every day they have this because there's a lot of signing involved too. Like they have to sign paperwork. Oh, okay. So you put those in there also, like the signing. Yeah. So we have, I don't think I have one, but we have a folder where we just kind of put all the notes and um, everything, all communication, research communication, and they know. So it'll be on their desk and then they review it whenever they can. And most of the time they'll write, yes, call this patient or don't call it. But we already know that patient's scheduled for a visit that week, right? So if they approve the patient to be in the trial, then the day of the visit, like the day they're coming into the clinic for like standard of care, we just remind them, hey, this patient's coming in today to see you. If you would like this patient to be in the trial, let us know. We're right here and um, discuss it with the patient. So the patient comes in, cardiologist appointment, and the cardiologist mentions the trial, and then he'll just we're outside the room or he'll just text us or call us. And he's like, okay, ready to screen. And we complete screening that same day. So that works a lot. And that's kind of how we do it. And it just them seeing us every day is a reminder of like, Hey, don't forget, we're still recruiting for this trial. So that communication folder is very important because it's like on their desk and they know that they're still involved. So we talk to them every single day. I mean, there's some days where they're like, Oh, great. Like, you guys again, but yeah. you you have to be consistent. That's every day for me. Day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some days are good, you know. So you incorporate. That's interesting. We might do that then. You incorporate because we do that. Here's some labs to sign every day, almost. Come or right, training logs, whatever. We'll incorporate the recruiting into that. That's interesting because that's for us like a kind of a separate process. That if we have time, we do it. But you have it much more methodically organized to where it's just part of the regular interaction with the PI. That's really cool. Well, I think that's really what it is. We we don't make research about signing. It's about recruiting. You know, I don't want them to be like bored, like, oh, this is all I'm doing is signing. You have Mm -hmm. to shift it to like, no, the focus is patient recruitment and patient, you know, just. And by the way, here's some papers to sign. (laughs) Interesting. So who does all this? Because you only have what? That you have you, two coordinators, and then two biz dev type of people. So who's doing this aspect? Coordinator. That's the day the moment she walks into the clinic, she prints a schedule. That's like it takes an hour for her to review everything. The schedule. But what if there's like a patient that morning? Like who's doing that? Who's doing this? Um so if there's a patient, I mean it shouldn't take more than an hour. You know, and the patients don't get into the clinic till 9 a.m. And she she gets there at 8. So she has from 8 to 9 to do the schedule review. And then at 9, start seeing patients. Of course, if there's a patient at 8 a.m., which rarely happens, you know, we'll always see the patient first. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I think the, the key is, like, structuring a coordinator's day. And they're able to do manage a lot of things well because i was a coordinator for many years and i know it gets overwhelming especially when you get a lot of trials right but i think right now they're not overwhelmed just because we're we just 
finalized some studies and we're in the startup pro like they're all all the studies are in different phases right now okay um but the key and they know we have weekly goals of a number of patients that we should be able to see um monthly goals and it also like study goals you know study recruitment goals so uh the focus is always like patient recruitment and it's just review the database mm. and then we yeah, also have we have um, an office manager, but she's part of the practice and she supports research a lot. Um, so what she does, even though it's just it's not really part of her responsibilities, but she helps is she'll send me hospital list of patients who have been hospitalized over the weekend that our cardiologist saw. And she'll send me the list of all the patients that were in the hospital or are in the hospital. And she'll send that to me like twice a week. And it's a list of like 10 or 15 patients. So we have to either schedule them if they're new patients or review their hospital records for a study. Because in this, for a particular study, I'm assuming yeah. you need that criteria to- Yeah, yeah for, for mo yeah, for some of the cardiology studies, they have to have recent hospitalization. So we have access to a hospital database through our practice. Um, so it's very high volume. I mean, it's it gets pretty overwhelming with patients. The practice is high volume. What about the researcher? Are you guys like at like consistently, if you want to talk about it, like how many visits a day or a week or like what kind of goals do you act, are you actually setting? I'm curious. Um, so it depends on the trial. So far, what we've done with the studies that we've had is we've been either top enrolled in the country or first site to enroll first patient so far mm -hmm. there's one trial that we started a little bit later than other sites so we're a little behind on recruitment but we try to always reach our recruitment goal it doesn't have to be um just overall i mean for the month for sure the month is important you know to finalize all the patient visits um but some we did have one study that was a one-time visit um pretty pretty easy it was like a technology study we were doing and we we got almost like 200 patients in there and it uh, may not sound like a lot because it's a one-time visit but if you think about it you're it's even though it's a one-time visit you there's still so many parts to that one-time visit the consent mm -hmm. the data and just making sure overall the the tr you know the quality of the study is well so i think it's just it just depends on how much we want to manage has a site. Um, so I, I don't make it a goal to like have like 500 patients in a study because I do feel like that's overwhelming has a site. So we try to just focus on like having good data and making sure the patients are consistent with their visits or their drugs or, you know, whatever they're doing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just depends on the trials. Some of them are one day, some of them are like two, two, two year trials, four year trials. The visits are like every three six months phone calls it just depends but right now i mean they're pretty simple most of them are phone calls are you you're a hands-on you're a, obviously a hands-on owner you're have a coordinating experience you're i'm assuming you're the manager managing the staff uh yeah do you guys have like a weekly meetings or with each other or like how do you enforce like your standards for the company your staff yeah see that's a little challenging because i feel like that's I a know. 
HR. Like it's like a whole HR thing. And I would love to eventually have like an HR department because I, I do I, like when I started forward, like the main reason I started it was because I was, you know, obviously a mom and I was working at other research companies and it it's very challenging to like be able to balance being a mom and being a working mom. And I think um, a lot of other company or just regular companies didn't understand like how important it was like that I had to leave, you know, to pick up my kids from school or they were sick one day and it was kind of affecting my career. So I, when I started the company, I was like, well, I want this to be a place where people are happy and people don't feel like it's like they just come to work and they do their duties and then go home. Like I want them to be passionate about it. I want them to be like, come to work and have a good balance at home. It's tough to do that. It's tough because I know I'm in the same camp. I'm not a mom, but I'm in the same camp of like, I want staff to enjoy this. I, a lot of these people are, all of these staff are brand new to research. So I'm like the ambassador to the industry for them. And I understand it's a stepping stone, although they're welcome to stay as long as they want. And there's hopefully if they grow with us, they, they don't leave, but I do. I, I also want that, but that I think the trade-off that I've seen with that is efficiency is lost a little because if you want to run like a really tight ship, I mean, like a machine, like Jack Welch, General Electric type of Six Sigma, which nobody does anymore. But if you want to go that hardcore, you're going to lose some of that freedom, right? And that, that yeah. flexibility. My staff say they stay because of the flexibility. So I do think there are trade-offs to be made from leadership roles. And I'm like super fascinated by this topic. I was talking to Brad about it kind of last night through text. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I think the flexibility is important, but I also think it's like what they're doing in their time, you know, like the staff, like it, it's every minute is valuable. You know, everyone has the same 24 hours in a day. It's like what you make out of it. And I think for business, it's like if you're in the office and you have to be very productive and, and then, you know, hopefully the less you can work. So um, that that's kind of how I see it. I mean, their schedules are so fair, like, you know, they it works around their personal life. Like it, I'm very understanding when it comes to family and, you know, office, you know, dentist appointments, whatever they have, like I get it. And I don't want them to feel like this is like a robotic company where you just, you know, so um, it balances out because I feel like they appreciate that and they kind of work harder. <laughs> yeah. Site you culture. Know? Brad says site culture is so underrated. Karina and no one talks about, by the way, and Karina no one says talks about, especially coordinators. It's like they're overworked. They really are. They like, are overworked. And this my strategy, like right now, and it's probably because I can afford it. If I were like, this was my first site and I needed an income, I wouldn't overhire, but I'm overhired mainly to combat like turnover. Like there's always the potential, although we have, it hasn't been that bad. Um, but also to like proactively prepare for growth, like future growth. But that comes with its own set of challenges, too. And so site culture becomes the more team members you get, the more important site culture becomes. If it's just you, when it was just me and Jaime, my NP, there's yeah. no site culture. Like site culture is just me and him shooting the shit and then getting our stuff done. And that's it. 
Like there's no, that's the culture. And then once you start employing and then you get a managerial level and then you start streamlining, like you do this, you do that. It's very easy to either create a bad culture or lose the culture. And it's very tough to create a good culture. Yeah, I think just setting it in the beginning and making sure that it's consistent throughout with everyone, making sure everyone's on the same page is important. What we do, like you asked me about communication with my team members and how we kind of flow together. Um, we have, well, um, I, I, I'm, I, I'm like in contact with them every single day. So I know what's going on. I'm very involved. And then secondly, we have. Like how, how are you, when you're not there, how are you in contact with them? You just call, text, what? Call. So my day starts with site visits. Like I'll go to my cardiology office for like an hour or two. It depends on like the schedule if she needs more support over there. And then I'll head to my other office, support the other staff there. So just kind of the mornings are kind of like that. Um, and then if not, it's, you know, they're all in email. So I know what's going on with trials and what is needed. So I'm calling them like, hey, like is, you know, like, are we doing this? Are we working on this? Like, how's today going? Just it, I'm like, I'm very involved, you know, because um, I want to try to support them in any way. Like if you guys need any help, I can I can help you. If you need help with regulatory, let me know. I can get some things done. I can you know, um, but aside from that, we have like we we don't have weekly meetings because it's too much. No one has time for that. But we have by like maybe like every two months, we'll have like a company meeting. And we have co conference room. We'll kind of sit down. Everyone regroup. What are you guys working on? What's your new projects? What is, you know, the business development doing? Like, what's our goal for the next, you know, uh, three months or whatever it is we kind of just like regroup as a company and focus on the goal and what we're working on and how we're going to get there. And then aside from that, um, with my physicians, I, they see us every day. Um, but to sit down and talk and discuss like business and, um, numbers and new studies, we do monthly meetings once a month. But that's standard in their practice. So the cardiologist, yeah. that's his rule. Like once a month, he meets with all the cardiologists and then he calls research in for like 30 minutes or 15 minutes to discuss updates. So that's when we kind of do our little presentation and we're like, okay, well, this is our recruitment goal. We print like this whole presentation when we do like how many patients we recruited in one study, where which doctors referred, like which doctor, you know, patient that is. Um, just updates overall in cardiology and the practice. And uh, they they like to see that. They like to see the numbers. They like to see where everything is. And that's our only opportunity to get all seven of them in one room. So that's when we do any protocol trainings, refreshers. We're ah, like, okay. how are you recruiting? Because we had an issue with one of our cardiologists, the way he was wording research to patients, it was scaring them away. So he was like, Oh, you want to be in this research study? And they would be like, No, of course not. Mm -hmm. So we would like listen into the room and be like, Are you sure like you 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 don't want our support with like what in the room with what you're saying to the patient? So um then you know he asked us to come in and talk to the patient because we know how to kind of you know describe research a little bit better for them. Um so that you know we we try to focus on like education as well. 
with our physicians, with patients, with the community, with everything overall. So it's just like a constant flow of communication between everyone. Yeah. I think that's the key is like the communication and yeah. maybe over communicating rather than under. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the times where I made mistakes was not communicating enough. Um, and that's probably a lot to do with me at the time, you know, being busy and not having time and just prioritizing like LaShawn says, every moment during the day counts. Yeah. Uh, my team knows that is our motto. Yeah, I agree. So, wow. Now, what about getting studies? <laughs> Do you have problems with that? You're in Florida. This is the most competitive place in the world to get so, studies. Because it's very competitive, especially South Florida, you have to find something that stands out. Like something very, like a key to standing out for a sponsor. Because, you know, um, there could be another site a few miles down the road, you know. So I, what we do is um, we try to focus on quality versus quantity. So when we look for trials, we we do a lot. It's overwhelming. It's actually, it's a, it's a daily challenge. And I, and I think as you build your reputation in the industry, like as a small business, eventually you get awarded more studies based on recruitment and all of these things, you know. Um, but it's a long process. And I think a lot of newer sites don't recognize how long it could take to get a very big and good trial. Um, but what we do mainly is we use a lot of, you know, vendors for studies Um we connect a lot with MSLs um, in the area. I think that's you the proactively like go out looking for them or like somebody's in it's charge. It's a combination. So what we do is usually farm reps come into the clinic, yeah. right? And they bring lunch. So our we favorite, yeah, lunch, Starbucks. So we, yeah, so we um, we meet them. You know, we introduce. Hey, we're in the research department. You work for Merck. Maybe there's a way we can see your pipeline or whatever it is. Um, it's just an introduction. It's just building that relationship because eventually, even if there's nothing there, even if this person is not in charge of granting studies, whatever it is, she may know someone and long term, it will be beneficial. So it's just about building these relationships. And we connect with MSLs. We connect with clinical trial leads. We use LinkedIn a lot um, for yeah. messaging and reaching out to everyone. We use conferences. Um you know, that's why you guys go to a lot of conferences. Shout um, out to SOS conference. You're going to yeah. be there too. So and that's affordable. You can bring everyone. Yeah. We're bringing a few people from our team. We're excited wait to meet your team. I'm going to ask them, Hey, what's it like over there? Culture wise <laughs> work life bound. You can ask mine too. Where it's good for site owners to talk about this stuff. Cause when I started out, there was no one to talk to. There was no LinkedIn. Now, at least, you know, like a Stephanie, even though I never met you, like, I can call you, vice versa, like workout problems, Brad, same thing. Yeah. Uh, it's important to have this kind of connections. Yeah, it's it's interesting because when I first started, it was I reached out to other sites like, you know, in different states. And they were like, well, it's almost like they have a wall. Yeah. You no, know, they're very defensive with what they share and who they work with, which is understandable. Why? But I do feel like there should be some support you know, from other sites. Yes. So I think um, it's, it's healthy. Yeah. You know, I, I've met a few site owners locally. Um, 
And we've kind of broken that wall down and been like, you know, we, we don't have to be competition. Mm -hmm. We can just be, you know, like friends in research, you know? Um, so I think that's kind of how it is. Um, but it's definitely changed. And I think you're like really shedding a light on like sites, like connecting with other sites and saving other sites. You know what I mean? So I think that's important. I think so too. I think that, uh, if everyone runs operates in a silo, I mean, you're just gonna. We're, we work in clinical research, so if you're working on your business, you're essentially doing a clinical trial on your own business. Like, oh, I'm gonna pull this lever and see what happens. Uh, that wasn't good. You know, somebody left. Well, now I'm gonna pull this lever to see what happens. But as opposed to like, hey, Brad, what are you doing that's worked? Or Stephanie, you know, what are you doing that worked? I don't necessarily need to pull those levers. I can ask you guys because chances are you've done something I haven't and mm -hmm. vice versa. So that's the whole point of Save Our Sites is like bring everyone together and kind of do research on the research. Yeah, I think it's uh, I'm excited for this conference and I think it's going to be um, very important in our industry, you know, for small sites to kind of just support one another. What? What, what do you guys do, like, um, operations-wise as far as source? Do you use e-source, e-reg, or paper, everything? What, what do you guys do? So we use paper, um, but we're starting to use e-consent um, for the new trials. Like Your own that you found? or No, like with sponsors. Okay. E-consent. Um, we're going to start using e-reg in the next month. Because um, it's forced or you wanted to? No, because we want to. Which one Which one are you going to use? Um, I, I don't know. I have to ask Natalie. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, okay. Is Viva? Viva Site Yeah, Viva, Viva. So Shout out to Site. They're one of the sponsors. Thank you for that, Stephanie. Viva Site Vault's <laughs> amazing. So we're trying to use another CTMS system. Um, Separate? No, no. We have a CTMS system. but which one? Which one is it? <laughs> Am you I have to ask, uh, well, you can't say or what? I mean, I don't know. Can I? Oh, you don't know. Okay, okay. No, it's no, okay. It's called Clinicist. So I used I used to ah. work for this site, and um, you know, the founder of Clinicist, like he was a site owner as well, so he founded Clinicist, a CTMS system. So oh wow, uh, I never I, heard of that. Yeah, it's uh, they're in Jacksonville, so I started using their system as a coordinator, and then. They were, they approached me as a site and they're like, well, you can use this, That's awesome. um, but it's a little, I want to say outdated sort of like it, okay. there's certain things that we can't do that it, it's been a challenge. And obviously we, it's been difficult to kind of come out of that and go on to another CTMS system. So we're in the process of like trying to figure out those contracts. <laughs> Creo, Creo is not bad. I know, I know they're a sponsor, but I've used them prior to them being a sponsor. I like real time. I haven't tried it, but they're a SOS sponsor too. So I've heard good well, things I, about them. I really like real time, like from what I've seen from the presentation. And that's what we're trying to switch over to. So hopefully it works out. But I think it's just very easy managed for everyone on the team. And it's, you know, it just has everything on there. Yeah. That's one I want to play around with too, because I haven't played with it. I've, um, I know Judy. You met Judy at SCRS, yeah. Judy Galindo. Yeah. You guys are very similar in the way you 
handle your business, uh, I think. Uh, both female site owners. Shout out to the female site owners. You know, I think that... Working moms. Yeah, not to, like, differentiate the genders, but I think females have, like, a lot of... I think men are too... Or maybe me, at least. Too... Uh, like it's either this or that, you know, and then I think females, I guess, uh, are better at managing, like juggling the complexities, uh, compassionately, like, especially things like culture, when you get into soft skills, I think that's where female entrepreneurs really stand out. You guys have a lot going against you as well, because we're not at parity yet to where everyone necessarily treats you equally which a hundred percent i mean it, i think listen it's, i think it's tougher to be a female is what i'm trying to is, say 100 and i tell everyone this i say people think it's easy because you're a female it's quite the opposite it's yeah. actually extremely challenging because you're underestimated a lot and you know if you walk it's very i think i mean it my cardiologists are all men so like they're you know, very male dominated type of office. So when they see, you know, someone like a woman and doing research, like for them, it's just like, they underestimate you. So you kind of have to earn your respect and in overall in business and, you know, change your reputation, because I, I do feel like it's, you know, women in the workplace has been like, you know, not viewed like, it should be, you know, um, especially with business, especially with business. I've yeah. seen it like I'm not a female, so I can't experience it. But I've been I've talked to enough like people like you and other side owners out there that are female that, you know, we're trying to work out like a situation. And I tell them what I did. And then I I keep hearing back like, well, this didn't work for me. And at some point I'm like. I got to think like, this is probably a male PI trying to take advantage, but sometimes it's even female PIs like that are the same. Um, it's just, it's not, we're not at equal parity yet, yet. As far as the, I think the business uh, negotiations maybe with physicians primarily, mm -hmm. but I think women have an advantage when it comes to managing uh, people. Yeah, I think I think for sure. Like more nurturing and more. This is why I get my wife involved, like on the HR stuff. Oh, that's site. great. Because like whenever there's internal conflict, <laughs> I try to get involved. But the staff's like right now it's 100 percent female. Like we're going to we're about to hire our first male coordinator. <laughs> we need to balance it. But it's me like. Basically being psychologist. Where, where I'm not really good at that. So then I have my wife come in. And I can tell the way she handles it is just way more professional and the appropriate response. Yeah, I definitely think it takes it takes skills. Like you have to be very skill set to manage people and to deal with people. Um, and I think it's a skill that you learn over time. I've definitely been working through that because I feel like initially i wasn't that i like I, I i was very involved but i also you know didn't you know i didn't 
like manage people has a career. Like I didn't know what it was like to manage people. I had management positions in my career, but it was supported, you know, it wasn't on my own independently. So there's a lot of things I had to learn as a business owner and working as a team and kind of balancing all of that out. So, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of knowledge. Uh, for sure. And it's a work in progress. And at the end of the day, like no one's got it all figured out, male or female or anything in between. Uh, no, no one's got this stuff figured out and everyone's got something to learn. Again, YSOS is needed. Like you can get ideas and it's going to be a very pragmatic approach to a conference. Like it's not going to be bullshit, like going in there and just talking in platitudes. It's going to be like actionable things like from every session we have. I forget everyone else. I want to walk away with something from each session that I can do the next week when I get back to the site. Mm -hmm. And I hope that's what everyone gets out of it uh, who attends because you don't really get that at conferences. You go to conferences, you get networking. Okay, let's let's be research buddies and share studies. But we can do that and more like actually take something home with you. Yeah, we, you know, the conferences are expensive. Um, it like it, <laughs> it's it's a little crazy, um, but there are a few conferences that we like. We definitely attend to because they're local. You know, it's yeah, the drive for us, um, and we do think that they're important overall with like sponsors, um, and they do get larger over time. But overall, I think SOS is will eventually get there because yeah. you have all these small sites that are developing. You have the small sites that have been established and then you have these large sites that are being acquired. Right. So it's like, even if you're a larger site, you can be part of SOS. <laughs> yes. And there are going to be large sites there. And now the VCs are coming into the yeah. market and buying up all these sites and trying to flip them. And yeah, there's clearly there's like, when you go to a conference, you make an ROI assessment. Mm -hmm. Ours, the price is so low that the ROI should be exorbitant, like disproportionate to what you're paying. Mm -hmm. But it's also your time. And I don't think ROI should be the only metric. I think that's just the floor. Like, yeah, you can justify, okay, if I'm paying eight grand for this conference, but I'm going to get a study from a big pharma, it's worth it. And that's ROI. But you can also get that same ROI paying a lot less and learning something like that you can bring back to your site. So it could be better. It's not ROI is just the basic, like that's, that's just to be in business. Mm -hmm. If you're a business provider that doesn't provide ROI to your customers, you're not going to be in business long and you shouldn't be in business long. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, I, I, even with like the MSLs that we connect with on in the office or any reps, um, any any clinical trial leads that we connect with on social media um, and LinkedIn, we, I try to find value in everything, you know. So I, I think even with physicians that we do door knocking, if if there's no business relationship opportunity opportunity there, then I just try to find the value in everyone that comes our way or that we approach because at some point it will be valuable. And I think 
with these conferences, even if you're connecting with people um, and, you know, finding something valuable in like the, you know, the actual conference and what you're learning is so important to your team and to research overall, because then you can brainstorm and expand or implement and modify things. Um, So I, you know, it's just so important to like connect with everyone. I think that's, you know, I have a lot of people who reach out to me, like, they want to develop a new research side or they want to expand. And, you know, the most important thing is obviously communication overall, but networking, network yeah. and find value in networking. People want to skip that. You know, they want to yeah. hire you, hire me to skip all that. Like, hey, I know networking is important. How about I just pay you and you do all this for me? Like my favorite is the PI. Hey, Dan, I want to start a site. I'm like, awesome. Uh, I've been a CRA for 10 years. Oh, cool. Do you have a PI? No, that's what I wanted to hire you for. Well, no, you need to find yourself a PI. I can't go to your community. First of all, I don't know your community. And then I'm not going to go talk to them. Even if I did, Stephanie, even if let's imagine I had all the time in the world and I did that. Yeah. And the PI says, okay, cool. I won't work with you. Oh, you're actually working with me. You're working with this person you haven't met, but like you'll see her Monday. <laughs> what what good is that? You guys got to go out there and network. When it comes to getting studies, the same thing. But we can, that's a little more refined. Like we can get you leads. We can help do the feasibilities. But the PI, like the core, if you don't work on your exercise and sales muscle, or if you don't exercise your networking and your sales muscle, you don't stand a chance in yeah. this business. Yeah. And that's the key component to a, and everything in research is a PI. And like for, I mean, that that's interesting. That's yeah. they just want to pay. You're not Warren Buffett. You're not going to buy Coke and then sit back and get dividends from a Coke stock. Like the, this is a site. You got to get your hands dirty. This is why I think these VCs is kind of a bad idea to you. But let them let them figure that out on their own. They're smarter than I am. They're richer. <laughs> and they know what they're doing. But I just got theories about this. Well, see, th- this is <laughs> this is what we're honestly like. I I think we're really we do very well with is like building business development with our physicians. So what we do is if I have physicians, which I've had a lot reach out to me and say, Hey, I want to do research. I, I don't like it. It takes a lot. Like I have to see aside from being a PI and their clinical experience and their knowledge, what more value can they bring? Like, are they going to be active? Are they going to be enrolling? What's their database? What's their office structure? Like who's, you know, like how do they work? What's their personality? Because, you know, 11 years in this industry, you deal with a bunch of different doctors. Some of them are very standoffish. Some of them could be very rude. Some of them are very friendly. Like, it's just, you and have they alternate to- too. Like, <laughs> something. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what we do is when we set up these meetings to meet with new physicians, I get to know them. I need to understand how they work, what their database is like, who who's going to support research. Is it their manager? There's MAs. Do they have other investigators involved? So there's a, for, you know, for new sites that are starting for them to just find a random PI that has a medical degree and wants to do research, you should really do research on that. (laughs) You really consider and think about, do you want to work with this person long-term? Because remember research is a long-term commitment. 
they're signing contracts for two to five years in trials. Um, Sometimes and, longer than that with the archiving. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. But minimum two to five, I think. Yeah. Yep. So you have, I think I'm very considerate when we have other physicians join our team. It, it has to be a very effective working relationship. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of physicians that I've basically turned down joining our team because I don't like the way they communicate. Maybe they're not responsive. Maybe that's they a just big one, big one. Yeah. I or think me... women. That's another place. I think women are better than men, better intuition. Um, yeah. Men oftentimes let their egos get in the way. Uh, like, Oh, I could work with this guy. If he ends up doing something, I could figure it out control. Yeah. You know, and then the other guy's thinking the same thing. Yeah. But women are thinking like, trust their gut. You know, they say something about a woman's intuition. Yeah, I think that's important. But, um, you know, you, you have to filter through. You have to filter through a bunch of people and, and find what works for your, you know, employees um, as a team as well. Coordinators, um, doctors, everyone you work with. You got to be very selective. Yes. Um, and you got to get to a point, you know, what helps regardless of uh, gender, because I actually think there's way more similarities, but I'm going to get canceled for being sexist, but it's okay, guys. <laughs> Relax. You've got to get to a point where you're not desperate about anything. So there's four like key things I think that you need studies, physicians, patients and staff right yeah if if you can get to uh, all those places to where you're not desperate you can make like more intelligent decisions like uh do i really want that study nah you know do i really need uh this like do i really need this physician to work with mm, probably not do i really need to hire this staff nah i didn't like that about them when you could get to that point you're doing well, but it's so hard to get to that point. And people get, especially in the beginning, they get desperate for all four of those things. And they get started off like on the wrong track just because it's like the first PI I met. Okay. You know, I'm going to work with him. And then he turns out to be like a total asshole mm -hmm. or the first coordinator. This is great. Well, no, there was better, but you just like, you were too desperate. You know, you didn't say no enough. Yeah. That's something I learned the hard way over the years at YCT. I don't think I've done that yet, but um, definitely in my early times of like site owner, previous companies, I did that a lot in all four of those categories. Yeah, I mean, I th I think we all do that at some point. I mean, in the beginning, I, I was, uh, you know, I mean, I, I didn't have, a. I knew it was going to be a very long investment that's what it is so i knew it was going to take a very long time and I, a lot of new people need to understand that this is a long process you know it's you don't get paid on time you don't you're investing a lot of money and a lot of time so for for me it's like i knew what i was getting myself into but you know i really wanted to focus on building and creating this quality research site because i've seen you know south florida saturated with research sites you see all these small sites, you know, in Miami, wherever it is, Broward, that have one PI that's barely there and 10 studies that they can't manage and like 
coordinators that are just, you know, all over the place. So you see that and you're like, well, how do they even have studies? Like, how can they manage this? And for me, it was like, I see that and I don't want to make that error. So focusing on the quality of like the employee retentions and employees overall, physicians, all of that is super important. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to think of it. You're investing into these people. You're investing into your PIs. So to, to find someone who's worth investing, you shouldn't be desperate, you know? Yes. So. That's like the big, maybe we'll make that t-shirt at SOS. Don't be desperate. Brad, <laughs> if you're still watching, Brad loves the t-shirts. Don't be desperate. Sure. Don't be desperate. <laughs> I like that. I think that's so important. Uh, thank you so much, Stephanie, for doing yeah, this. Thank you. It's like what a rare occurrence. Uh, the next one will be what, in five years? <laughs> or you want to do one in person at SOS? We can do one in person. That would be I have great. a videographer, like a short one, like 20 minutes or 30, depending on however long. Yeah, every time I text Dan and I'm like, hey, I have a quick question. He's like, okay, go live. <laughs> Let's go live right now. That's, sometimes, you, sometimes you're so busy. Brad says he's on it. Brad, that is a good, you got to admit, Brad, that's a good one. Yeah. You can have a lot of fun with that one too. Don't be desperate. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yes, go. Let's go live. I think to multitask. Uh, I think it actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the uh, yesterday we were interviewing potential coordinators, and we might hire two. We really only needed one, but there was two really good ones. That's kind of rare, like in one round. Yeah, we might just hire both. And um, again, the "don't be desperate" idea <laughs> came up there because, well. Why not? I don't I don't need to hold on to the cash. Like if they're both good, they're both not going to be on the marketplace very long. I might as well get them as opposed to being desperate later for somebody else. So, yeah, well, I honestly, that's rare. So um, rare. I know I never seen it before. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, if everyone is trained well, everyone has good potential at some point, but. A good coordinator is key to everything, to the business. So They are everything. These vendors, these VCs, these even the CROs, sponsors, they have no clue. If they knew how this industry actually worked, they would all question why the hell they're doing this. This is the coordinators run this industry, period. Like, yeah, PI signed the labs and refer patients and recommend their pay but coordinators do everything guys everything we need to have a coordinator appreciation day we or week or no month. we should it should be a holiday yeah well you paid time off yeah i guess we could do that <laughs> all right stephanie all right. Well, this it was a pleasure thank you no thank you thank you so much it was good Everybody go connect with Stephanie right now from Forward Clinical Research. Her link is underneath this video when you're watching it later and in the podcast. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you so much. Bye.